0: Now, yesterday I told you I was feeling a little under the weather, a scratchy throat, a runny nose. Nothing crazy, but just not feeling up to par, which was kind of weird because I hadn't gotten any kind of cold or flu in the last two years, which is unusual for me. I live in Minnesota. I almost always get a couple of colds and a flu every year, but I hadn't for two and a half years. The only thing I can attribute that to is wearing a mask all the time during covid Uh, That is the one thing that has been different in my life the last two years than any years previous. So I credit uh, the mask as keeping me from getting sick. Well, I'm not wearing the mask as much as I once was, and uh, I apparently picked up a cold, a small cold. My wife had it before me, and now I have it. We got tested. It's not COVID. But it's funny, I was doing TikToks this morning, and my voice, well, it still sounds a little weird. Honestly, I think it sounds better. It sounds lower like a real radio announcer as opposed to the way I really sound. <laughs> but anyway, people noticed it, and everybody was saying, Hey, man, you sick? You got COVID? Did you get tested? Are you vaccinated? <laughs> well, they should know this by now. I have both vaccinations and a booster, so I'm going to be fine even if I do get COVID. Fortunately, this wasn't COVID. But you know what? I've said this to a lot of people, and I have no verification of it. But in January of 2020, my wife got very sick. Respiratory problems, stuffy head, fever, a cold, everything. And she wasn't doing too well, so I did what I could to take care of her. Just as she was coming out of that, I got sick. And I got to tell you, this sickness was worse than anything I'd ever experienced. As I say, throughout my life, I've got plenty of colds and plenty of flus, so I know what to expect. But this one really hit me hard. I mean, I was really having trouble breathing. I had to sleep sitting up for four or five weeks. This thing just hung on for fucking ever, and it was terrible. It was the worst thing I'd ever experienced. Now, this is January of 2020. Nobody had heard about COVID at this point, so we didn't think it was anything but a really bad cold. A few months down the road, we start hearing about COVID, and I start telling people, you know, I think I already had COVID in January. I say, no, it started in March, but the fact is we're finding out it may have started way earlier, and I think I would have gotten it. Now, come the summer, one of my doctors said, well, let's take a blood test and see if you have any of the COVID antibodies in your blood, and they did that, and they found no antibodies. And I said, well, then I didn't have COVID. He said, well, not, not so fast. You see, it's been eight or nine months since you had COVID and we're taking the blood. The antibodies can fade away in that period of time. So we don't know for sure. But because I was sicker than I'd ever been, I believe it was COVID. And it was in January of 2020. Now, what I just had was just a short, quick cold. In fact, I'm feeling better right now. And uh, we're just 24 hours away from the last time I talked to you. So this isn't something that's serious. It's not going to hang on. I'm going to get done with it, and we're going to move on. Hear about all these people that are unvaccinated that are getting COVID, ending up in the hospital, and some people ending up dying. That's not going to happen to me. Don't worry about it. I'm fully vaccinated. Have the booster. I'm being careful, wearing masks and all that sort of stuff. I'm not going out that way. The only people that go out that way are stupid because they didn't take the precautions that they were readily given, and they could have saved their lives, but instead their pride allowed them to die because they wouldn't be willing to listen to anybody's advice. Now, you know, whenever I do the show, I uh, often will suggest to you that if you have questions, comments, complaints, that you can email me at rationalboomer at gmail.com or you can go to anchor.fm and uh, leave me a voicemail message. Look for Rational Boomer Podcast, leave a voicemail message. And we had somebody do that just the other day. So let's listen to that voicemail right now. Hi, Mike. I live in Florida. My name's Michelle. Um, I'd like your opinion about um, Charlie Crist and Nikki Freed. Um, you know, we're trying to get DeSantis out, obviously. Um, if you could maybe have a podcast or talk about it in one of your podcasts, that'd be great. Um, I'd like your opinion on who's better and you know, what they're about, what they do, what they've done and just the whole thing. Cause I'm, you know, really curious. I, we've got to get Ron out. He's, he's got to go. Um, thank you so much for your time. I love your podcast. Have a great day. All right, thank you very much, for Michelle, for reaching out and asking a question. And uh, it's a good question. I'll be perfectly honest with you, I'm not that familiar with Florida politics. I know of Ron DeSantis, I know of uh, Charlie Crist, and uh, the other lady, Nikki Freed. I know a little bit about her, but not much, and I don't know who else is running for governor. Now, here's what I know about Charlie Crist. He is a former governor of Florida, and when he was governor of Florida, he was a Republican. And then he switched to the Democratic Party, and now he's a representative for the state of Florida. And apparently now he's running for governor. And Nikki Freed is involved in agriculture in the state or something. I'm not sure. I don't know as much about her. And Michelle's asking, what do I think? Who should be the next governor? Who should at least run against Ron DeSantis? And in my opinion, based on who's available, Charlie Krish should be that guy. He has the best name recognition. He's been governor before. He was a Republican. He had enough sense to get out of the Republican Party and become a Democrat. And let's be perfectly honest with you. Much like the presidential election, Joe Biden beat Donald Trump, but frankly, Anybody would have been better than Donald Trump. Same situation in Florida. Ron DeSantis needs to get his ass hauled out of there because he is horrific as a governor. Anybody that would run against him would be better. But Charlie Crist seems to be a relatively sensible guy. He's a Democrat, so it might be tougher for him to beat Ron DeSantis. However, I think he's the best choice. He's the one that has the best choice to win or best chance to win because, as I say, name recognition, experience when he was governor. Now, I don't know how well he did when he was governor. I don't know if he did a good job or not. But I guarantee you, it was a better job than Ron DeSantis did. So I'm hoping Charlie Crist runs and I hope he beats Ron DeSantis. Then Ronnie can prepare for 2024 in his run for the presidency. So, Michelle, thank you very much for reaching out and the question. Hopefully that answers it for you. Hope all is well down in Florida. I hope to get down there at some point this winter and get away from this friggin' cold in Minnesota. I like Florida. In spite of your governor, in spite of some of the politics down there as a state, and a lot of the people down there are some nice people. And I'm hoping to get down there, maybe in the Fort Myers area at some point down the line. Well, we had some big news today. A lot of people have been clamoring for this, so finally you got some red meat to chew on. Stuart Rhodes, he is the leader of a white supremacist group, domestic terrorist, thugs, assholes, pieces of shit, better known as the Oath Keepers. He was arrested for seditious conspiracy, along with ten other of his buddies. Now, people have been complaining about the Um, DOJ and the insurrectionists, how they're getting these people on very light indictments, very light charges, and very light sentences. And I've told you before, I'll tell you again, what the FBI does in these situations is they go after the low-hanging fruit right away, the easiest ones. They try to get them out of the way. Now, they've got charges against over 700 people the other reason they do this is because they can gather information that will help them climb the ladder and ultimately get to the top of the problem in the crime now as we've said they've charged over 700 people so they've got a lot of information they got people pleading guilty pleading out and trying to offer information. So they have a lot of information that we don't even necessarily know about. Some of them have gone to jail and have been found guilty. So now they've reached up the ladder a little bit, and they're up to the Oath Keepers. Now, the Oath Keepers were uh, in full force on January 6th. They're also known for protecting high-profile people. Now, the thing is, with the Oath Keepers, it seems like there was some organized um, planning before they did what they did. And that's where the sedition comes in. Now, the Oath Keepers can't do this all by themselves. There's been listings of them purchasing tens of thousands of weapons. Now, they don't have that kind of money. So, as they say, follow the money. Who got them the money? Who helped fund them? Who helped get them up here? And chances are it's somebody in Congress or somebody in the Oval Office or some other big supporter of Donald Trump helped them along. Now, finally, finally, those people that have been yelling about serious crimes and sedition and all those things and all the Republicans that say, well, it's funny you're calling it sedition or treason, but nobody's been charged with it. Well, surprise, now they have. And it's just the start. There's probably been some communications between um, the Oath Keepers, uh, the Proud Boys, the Three Percenters. So expect to see some of those folks ending up charged with seditious conspiracy. But we know that with all of this going on, that there is... Another factor in this situation, somebody else involved. They couldn't have done it all by themselves unless they had some help. And some of the evidence that they've looked at already, and one of the reasons why they've charged Stuart Rhodes, is because it looks like there's evidence that somebody from the inner circle, if you will, helped them out. When I say inner circle, or the inside job, we're talking about Congress, we're talking about the Oval Office, or at least the White House. They have that evidence already, so that's why they can charge these folks. The Oath Keepers, the Proud Boys, and the Three Percenters just didn't pop up there and say, hey, this is a good idea, let's charge the Capitol. They had to have some backing. Like I said, you got to follow the money, and I guarantee you the money didn't come from those broke-ass Republicans down south, didn't come from these terroristic groups. It had to come from somebody else. We're seeing a lot of things that there's a lot of coordination from the higher ups around this whole January 6th thing. And this will lead to where the money came from and where the help came from. And ultimately, we'll find it in Congress and we'll find it in the White House. There's no question about that. That's what's going to happen. And that's what they're doing. And maybe now you can see what I was talking about. They start with the low-hanging fruit. They work their way up to the ladder. They're at the mid-level right now. And now we're seeing sedition charges. We're talking about offenses that will cost them 20 years in jail. There is no probation for this kind of shit. They ain't fucking around. These guys are going to be in trouble. And they're going to want to cut time off of their 20 years, maybe get it down to 10 or less. But in order to do that, they're going to have to talk. And as tough as these guys expect us to believe, oh, they're going to talk. And they're going to pass it along to those folks in Congress and the White House. And then shit's going to start to fall apart. There's another thing here that kind of makes us understand how this was a much bigger coordinated plan by somebody other than these little groups or what have you. Because in addition to what happened on January 6th and the obvious coordination between government officials and these little terroristic groups, among others, there's something else going on. And at first it seemed like a small story, but in fact it's it's kind of a big story and kind of sets the picture of all that was going on in and around January 6th, the attempt to overthrow our government, to overturn the election. This wasn't just about the toothless redneck motherfuckers that charged the uh, capital. This is about the people in power in this country trying to subvert power in this country. And that is most seriously treason. The other thing that was going on, and I've seen it on Rachel Maddow and some other, uh, other reporters, and it all started out with a small group. Uh, I think in Wisconsin, who sent out a forged, phony document saying that all the electors in that state were voting for Donald Trump. Well, Wisconsin went to Biden. So this was a forgery. This was fake, and it was sent. Now, nobody really talked about it that much. It didn't seem that big a deal. But since that time, we've found as many as seven states who have done the very same thing. Well, that's weird. And you know what else is weird? That most of these documents that were sent out, these forgeries, all looked alike. Now, if you look at all the certificates that states send out when they send the information about their electors out, they're all different. Some look like birth certificates. Some look like regular documents. Some look like any number of ways. But what was weird is all these forgeries, all these fakes and phonies, looked alike. So how could that happen if these were individuals that said, I'm going to get crazy, I'm going to send this shit out? That's not what happened. Somebody higher up coordinated this, whether it be Jeffrey Clark in the uh, DOJ, or whether it be somebody in Congress like Paul Gosar, or Louie Gohmert, or whoever the fuck, or even if it was somebody in the White House. Somebody was the focal point. Somebody coordinated this whole thing and made it easy for these people to do and to get them to understand what they were doing and why they were doing. Now, the whole thing was a fucking joke. Nobody was going to buy into it. I don't know what they hoped to accomplish by sending out these forgeries. Every one of them was kicked back because it was stupidly done. But somebody had to help coordinate this. Now, you see what's going on here? We've got the Oath Keepers now being charged with seditious conspiracy and some of the evidence is pointing toward congress and the white house these people did what they did but they couldn't have done it without some help without some direction we know that at one point somebody from the oath keepers in the middle of the january 6 insurrection texted mark meadows and said it's getting crazy out here we need some direction well why would you need direction from the white house if they're not involved Clearly, they were. And with these oath keepers and the like that are being charged with sedition, it's going to creep up the ladder and it's going to get into those higher areas, Congress, White House. But then you look at this and you see all these forgeries, these Certificates of ascertainment, I believe is what they call them. And this is what a state sends in when they have their duly elected electors voting on whoever won that state. Now, in Wisconsin, it would have been Biden. Michigan, it would have been Biden. Florida, it would have been Biden no, that would have been no, that's not right. That's that would have been Trump. But all these swing states, Pennsylvania, for example, all of them would have been Biden. But there was a second certificate sent with electors who said they were duly elected, but weren't. Who said they were sending this from the state capitol, but weren't. And all of these should have been sent from the Secretary of State of each one of those states, but was not. They all somehow decided at the same moment that they were going to send in these fakes and forgeries just to try to fool them. Well, we know Republicans, and Trumplicans particularly, are fucking stupid. That's, That's just a trait that they have. And, of course, they all went to the National Archives. The National Archives said... Yeah, this bullshit is fake. I'm sending it back to the state. There was even a situation where these so-called electors were knocking on the door of the Capitol trying to get in to certify their votes. But the state trooper came into the door and said, look, man, the electors are already there. You guys are a bunch of bullshit. And fortunately, he closed the door in front of them. They couldn't get any farther. But what makes these people go to these lengths, forge documents, send them into the National Archives, knock on the door of a state capitol. What makes them do that? Did they all get this idea once and decided, fuck yeah, let's do it. And then they shared the documents, the the, uh, template for these things, and they all looked alike. Well, no, of course they didn't. They got help, and they got help from higher up. So, this is what's troubling now, and this is what the Republicans need to be worried about at this point. We've got potential help from the White House and Congress on January 6th with the likes of the Oath Keepers, the Proud Boys, and the Three Percenters. Those current indictments are going to ultimately lead to those people. And then you have these seven states that sent in these phony certificates. Uh, for their electors to give the election to Donald Trump. It didn't work. But let's be honest. If you say Donald Trump won and Donald Trump is the best, that's fine. But if you phony up a document, send it to the National Archives and try to fool them, well, I'm sorry, that's a fucking legal. That's illegal. You're going to get charged for that. I'm wondering how all these people who thought they were doing the right thing that signed these documents, the names right there, how are they going to feel when the FBI comes to the door and say, you're fucked. <laughs> it's going to be interesting. But somehow they thought it was a good idea. Did not work. So we've got people higher up dealing with um. Individual states trying to phony up records and send them in and try to get them to pass by the uh, officials there. And we also have people in the higher ranks, Congress and the White House, directing people like the Oath Keepers. This is a much bigger deal than even I thought of. There is way more into this. I mean, initially we thought, okay, all these people are out there. Donald Trump gets out and he incites them and they go crazy and go after the Capitol. But clearly, there's something more to this. There's more in depth with this situation. There is more planning. There is more coordination. And these people individually couldn't have done it themselves. They had to have some help. And the only help they could have gotten are from people, people at higher levels. Now, if you've been worried about all these people getting these light sentences for the insurrectionists, understand these 700 people are the low-hanging fruit. They're taking all the evidence that they've gotten from them, and they're moving up the chain. The Oath Keepers are just the first step. Look for other, other groups, like the Three Percenters and the Proud Boys, to get nailed too. Now, there's something else going on with this as well. There's subpoenas going out to social media platforms, because we know on Facebook and some of the others, Twitter, that this coordination happened through social media. Now, these social media folks are going to have to release certain records, certain data about what was going on with these kinds of people during January 6th. Now, I know the social media company isn't going to like that, but they're going to have no choice. They're going to look bad if they don't release it. So there's a lot of shit going on. And it's a much bigger conspiracy than I think any of us imagined. And uh, it's going to be interesting to see how this plays out. There are going to be some people on the higher levels. They are going to be fucked. And I'm going to giggle my ass off when that happens. All right. We'll take a break. We'll be right back. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is plush care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com weightloss weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. All right, we had a Supreme Court decision yesterday, and this had to do with Joe Biden's vaccine and testing mandate for larger businesses. I think businesses with employees of more than 100. Now, the plan was to have a mandate to all these big companies that they had to have vaccinated people working for them and, uh, and or being tested. Now, of course, people kick back about it because these are the fucking clouds that think COVID's a hoax and that masks are just some some attempt to control us by the government. So it goes to the Supreme Court. And, of course, the Supreme Court is six to three conservative, and they came back and said, no, you can't have a vaccine mandate for larger companies. That's a loss for Joe Biden. But at the same time, they said, yeah, but you can have this mandate for medical companies, hospitals, medical organizations. Well, that's interesting. I mean, that's nice. If you're in health care, you should want to be healthy and keep your patients safe. So that was a bit of a win for Joe Biden. But of course, everybody's going to focus on losing in the Supreme Court with the vaccine man- mandate for large companies. But here's what I need to tell you about this. These clowns that don't like the vaccine mandate are probably thinking, OK, now our company can't insist on a vaccine mandate in us because it didn't pass through the Supreme Court, so we're free and clear. No, I'm sorry, that's not how it works. Now, what this does is it makes it impossible for the government to mandate companies to make you get vaccinated and be tested. But individual companies, and many of them already have, can mandate vaccines, masks, and tests. Just because the Supreme Court said the government doesn't have the power to do it doesn't mean that individual companies can't do it. So if you think you've been saved... You better check and see what your company's opinion of this is, what their plan is. I know, I think it's Southwest Airlines. They've already said you're going to have to be vaccinated or tested if you want to work here. And if you don't, you can head the fuck down the road and work for somebody else that isn't going to make you get a vaccination or tested. So as much as this was a loss for Joe Biden and a win for some country fucks that uh, don't like the vaccine It's not a total win. This is America. If you have a a privately owned company or even a publicly owned company, they make their own rules. They don't have to follow the Constitution. That's the thing I always find funny. Somebody goes into an airport and says, I'm not wearing a mask because my constitutional right says I don't have to. Well, if you say that, you prove just how stupid you are. The Constitution and your amendments doesn't protect you against private industry. It protects you against the government. If you own a private company, you can make any rules you want. Now, if the rules are too restrictive and nobody comes to your place of business, well, then you go out of business, and that's too fucking bad. But if you make a rule, anybody that comes in or works there has to abide by those rules, whether you like them or not. Think about this. Young kid, I mean, remember walking into a 7-Eleven, seeing that sign that says no shoes, no shirt, no service. Now it's 95 degrees on, I got shoes on, but I want to take off my shirt and walk in. Can't. Regardless of what the Constitution might say, they're saying I got to be wearing a shirt. Same thing with the mask and vaccination. If you want to work there, if you want to go there, you got to follow their rules. That's what we call freedom, patriots. That's freedom. See, you only like freedom when it agrees with what you want. So we don't have the vaccine mandate with large companies, but companies, large, small, or medium, can do whatever the fuck they want. And you better abide by them, or you're not going to be working there, or buying their products or service. That's just the way it goes. So before you get real happy and excited and think you've been vindicated, you need to think about that. If you're working at a place and you think the vaccine mandate is off and now you're free and clear, you better check with your company what their rules are, because the vaccine mandate might not have any bearing at all as to what that company's going to do. So you may not have won this situation. Just keep this in mind. Now, there was another kind of annoying situation, and this annoying situation seems to be ongoing. And this annoying situation is Kristen cinema and Joe Manchin. As I've told you a number of times on the show here, the first thing Joe Biden's going to want to do in this first quarter of 2022 is get that voting rights bill passed. Now, we know no Republicans are going to vote for the voting rights bill, which is going to probably cost them a lot in history. Who's against voting rights? Well, the Republicans are, because they see the writing on the wall. They can't win elections, so they have to cheat. And they are starting to do that in states all across the country. So to bring in a voting rights bill, that would nullify all those bullshit laws, and they don't want that to happen. So there is no way that the Republicans are going to vote for this voting rights bill. Let's just be honest. The Republicans don't want voting rights. And because they don't want voting rights, they're essentially racist, because a lot of this has to do with making it more difficult with people of color voting. That's who the Republicans are. They can't get away from that. And that's something we should talk about every fucking day up until uh, the election in November people need to know who they are. If you're not a racist, if you're against racism, if you're for free and clean elections, then you cannot be for the Republicans, because they are for the polar opposite. So what Joe Biden needs to do, the Democrats need to do, because we have this filibuster bullshit, they have to get a what do they have to get? They have to get a super majority of sixty votes. Well, there's only fifty Democrats, and you're not going to get ten. You're not going to get one Republican, let alone ten Republicans. So you can't pass it. So what you need to do is somehow carve out the filibuster. If you can carve out the filibuster, then you can get it down to a simple majority of fifty-one votes. Then it can be passed. Now, Joe Biden wasn't for carving out the filibuster or getting rid of the filibuster, but now he is. And he is because he knows there's no way he can get this passed. Him and Joe Manchin kept talking about, we got to be bipartisan. Well, these motherfuckers don't want to be bipartisan. You need the Republicans to agree to certain things, and they just ain't willing to do it. You should have figured this out six, eight months ago, but now here we are. So you want to set it up to carve out the filibuster so you can get the voting rights bill passed. However, there is some stumbling blocks and they are Christian Cinema and Joe Manchin. They don't want to carve out the filibuster. They don't want to do anything with the filibuster. When it looked like they might have had some kind of agreement at the last moment, Christian Cinema, this attention whore, came up and started spewing some bullshit. And all of it was lies, and all of it didn't make any sense because she doesn't know what she's talking about. But essentially she said she would never vote to carve out the filibuster, which for all intents and purposes kills the voting rights bill. Now she'll say, I'm for the voting rights bill, and so will Joe Manchin. But they won't carve out the filibuster. Well, here's what's funny. When the Republicans were trying to place some Supreme Court justices, they carved out the filibuster. So why can't the Democrats? There's a little bit of inequity there. There's something wrong with that. And Manchin and Cinema are the stumbling blocks for the Democrats in this particular situation. So now what's going to happen? Well, I know Joe Biden met with Kristen cinema and joe mansion yesterday yesterday night don't know what happened but to be perfectly honest with you joe's met with these two clowns many times and he's never come away with anything never come away with anything with these clowns so what do you do what do you do with these idiots If you can't get them to change, then what Joe Biden is going to do, he's going to make it very apparent that the voting rights bill won't pass, and they're going to highlight who's responsible. I know Chuck Schumer wants to take a vote next Tuesday. See, it's real easy to say, I'm not for it. I'm not going to vote for it. And if they never put it up for a vote, nobody really knows who's for it or who's not for it. But Schumer's going to put it up, so it spotlights those people who are against it. Now, what will happen is Cinema and Manchin will probably vote for it the first time through. But because of the filibuster, it won't pass because there won't be 10 U.S. senators from the Republican Party to vote for it. So then the next vote's going to come up, and it's going to be about carving out the filibuster. And that's when Cinema and manchin are going to say oh no we're not going to do that they're going to try to say well i voted for voting rights but i don't believe in carving out the filibuster let's just say something about the filibuster first of all it was never in the constitution it was uh, created um essentially to save some of these jim crow laws and it was they were the filibuster was used in defense of giving people of color rights for many, many years. These people, like Manchin and Cinema, will say, well, it's important to maintain bipartisanism, and it's a part of our culture. It's the way the Senate runs. we got to keep it. Let's be perfectly honest about the filibuster. Here's what happens. You get a majority who wants to pass something, okay? It may be a good thing. It may not be a good thing. Depends who's doing it. But then the minority doesn't want the majority to win, whether they be Democrat or Republican. So immediately they call up the filibuster. And now they have to have a supermajority. So they essentially have blocked whatever the majority party has planned. Now, it used to be with a filibuster, you had to come up, stand in front of a podium and talk for hours and hours and days and days. But it's not like that anymore. We don't want these fucking uh, senators working any harder than necessary. So all they have to do is make a call and say, I call filibuster. And now it's all of a sudden a supermajority. That's how fucking easy it is. So that means any minority can shut down a majority idea at any time. So what's the ultimate end in them doing this? Well, everybody, nobody wins, nobody loses on the congressional level. But who loses? We do. Because nothing gets done. With as much obstruction as the Republicans are doing now with the Democrats, what do you think is going to happen when the Republicans take the majority and the Democrats are in the minority? They're just going to block everything the Republicans did. And again, the end result is we get nothing. We don't get any kind of service from these people who are put in office for the very reason of serving us. The filibuster is bullshit. It doesn't create bipartisanism. It doesn't help anything but keep everything stagnant in this country and in our government. Now, see, here's the deal. The Democrats now want to get rid of the filibuster because they want to pass certain things that they have. But if in 2022 they're now the minority, they're going to say, oh, no, we can't get rid of the filibuster. What they think of the filibuster depends on what kind of position they're in. So they're not working for us. They're working for their own benefit. Again, I'll say it. The filibuster has no place in Congress or in the Senate, because all it does is work against the people of this country, the people paying the taxes, the people electing these idiots into office. Now, somebody will say, well, if we get rid of the filibuster now, and we pass all these things, well, then the Republicans will come in and easily pass whatever they want. Yeah, I get that. I get that. But here's the deal. We don't want to shut everybody down because some things do have to be accomplished. And if the Republicans come in and easily pass a bunch of shit that's a bunch of shit, well, then vote the motherfuckers out. This is democracy. Let's talk about majority rules. And in a vote of 51 to 49 or 51 to 50, that's majority rules. And if the Democrats have it, great. And if the Republicans have it, Cool. We may not like it, depending on what side we're on, but then things are going to get done. And then we can, this is something government officials always say, well, let's let people at the ballot box decide, you know, about Donald Trump and as far as him being impeached. Okay, let's people uh, decide at the ballot box. If we throw out the filibuster, then we're going to have people passing laws very easily that people don't like. So they can decide at the ballot box. Republicans fucking up, we don't vote them in. Same with the Democrats. It'll be so much clearer. See, none of these people want to be tied to any of these decisions. That's why Schumer is putting up this vote on Tuesday. He needs to put a spotlight on these people that say, No, I don't like voting rights. And people are going to be a little nervous about doing that because they don't want to be identified as that person. History doesn't always bode well on people that do those sorts of things, and they know that. If 20 years from now, one of them is going to run for president and somebody says, yeah, but you voted against voting rights, that could be a problem for them. I'm just saying, if we get rid of the filibuster, we may get some things that pass that some of us don't like. Okay, well then vote the motherfuckers out. Get the people you want in. But we got to stop the gridlock and stop nothing happening. Stop the obstructionists. We've got to get some things happening for us, whether it be Build Back Better or whatever it is. And the only way to do that is through getting rid of the filibuster. And unfortunately, Mansion and Cinema don't want to do that. So they are going to be the stumbling blocks against us getting voting rights or Build Back Better. They need to be identified as such, exposed as such, and let them take the heat when they are identified that way. And the heat is already hitting pretty hard on Christian cinema and Joe Manchin. Now, maybe or maybe not, they don't care, but that's fine. Let the people handle this situation. Let their states handle this situation. Kick their ass out if you don't like it. So we'll see what happens. The voting rights bill honestly has to get passed. That's the most crucial thing here. This could impact our elections coming up in 2022 and 2024. It might affect whether we have a democracy or not. This is essential. Now we know that Cinema and Manchin don't like this. This is the time we need to be screaming, screaming loud. This is our country. This is our form of government. This is democracy. This isn't a tax hike. This isn't something else that's stupid. This is the very well-being of this country. If you're not going to scream now, you're never going to scream. We need to scream now. Make a lot of noise. Make it difficult for those people trying to harm our country. Now, I recently heard a stat. I read this article, and it said... Uh, that there was a record amount of cops being killed on the job. It's up 55%. That's 458 officers killed on duty. Now, that's a tragedy. We don't want to see anybody die, especially those folks that are charged with protecting us. And these police departments are blaming the media. They're blaming the judicial system because... Dangerous criminals are getting out too early. They're blaming the communities because communities have a bad attitude when it comes to cops. But there's some areas that they seem to be missing. And if they truly want to fix this situation and save the lives of some policemen, they need to look at these things. First of all, you got 458 officers killed on the way in the job of uh, being a police officer. But what they're not telling you here is the thing that killed the most police officers last year, COVID-19. What they're also not telling you is that in last year's numbers, they killed close to 1,000 citizens. Police officers killed 1,000 citizens. Double what police officers suffered in the same year. Now, here's what I would suggest to them. Clean up your own backyard. Take some responsibility. Let's take COVID-19. If you'd take it seriously, if you didn't believe it was a fucking hoax, and if you did what you were supposed to do, you know what? Some of those police officers that died from COVID-19 may still be on patrol today. You need to take responsibility for what you did and didn't do regarding COVID. It's not anybody's fault but your own. Secondly, when police go out and kill a thousand citizens, and some of those end up on video, and you see all the corruption, the criminality, the cruelty, the racism, that changes the climate in your community. We get a lot of people seeing this on TV, seeing the court cases and such, and uh, they seem a little troubled by that. They might even be afraid. They feel like they're the ones that are being attacked by the police departments. So you know what they do? They act in kind. Now, that may not be the best response, but let's be honest, that's human nature. Somebody's attacking you, you're going to attack back. So what's happened here is these police departments have created this climate where everybody's Afraid of everybody else is going to fight everybody else, and that's why we see 438 co- or 458 cops being killed on the job and a thousand American citizens being killed in the streets. Many of them were innocent people. You do that kind of stuff, and it's going to be a problem. That area is going to be a little highly charged. So, what I would suggest to you when it comes to COVID, be a little more mindful. Do what you're supposed to do. Don't make that political. Keep people safe. Get them vaccinated. Make them wear masks. And when people die because you didn't, don't blame anybody else. It's on you. Secondly, if you've created this climate, maybe, just maybe, what you should do is change the climate. Have your police officers act like police officers or peace officers. It isn't your job just to pull your gun willy-nilly and shoot any person of color just because you feel like it. That's not the job of a police officer. I remember when I was young, I knew many police officers who have said they never, ever pulled their gun. They didn't have to. They knew how to deal with situations. Now, I'm not saying there aren't situations when cops need to pull the gun. I agree. But it seems like it's more common than it needs to be. And people that are innocent are getting killed because either these people are scared or incompetent. What you need to do is train your police officers better, not only technically and logistically, but also emotionally. Somehow try to make them less fearful. And if you start treating people, the citizens of this country, better and calmer and uh, nonviolently, you're going to change the climate in your community. So you can blame the media, you can blame the judicial department, you can blame the communities, but you need to take some responsibility for yourself. That's what it's going to take for you to fix the problem. That's what it's going to take to get less police officers killed in the line of duty. One way you can do it is by killing less citizens in a year's time. I don't know if they'll listen to me, but it's something they should hear. And uh, I hope to God that at some point this, this becomes an idea that people want to do to save lives, to make our communities better and safer and quieter and calmer. But it's not just on the citizens. It's on police departments as well. So you need to do what you need to do. All right, we're in the late minutes of the Rational Boomer podcast. And once again, I want to thank you very much for spending time, uh, taking your time to listen to me ramble on on the Rational Boomer podcast. And for those of you that watch my TikToks, I thank you for that as well. I can't tell you how much I appreciate it. You know, I spent all my life in radio and um uh, You know, I had a fair amount of listeners at different times doing different things, but I really wanted to get off and do it myself when I got older and I got retired. And people would say to me, you can't get an audience. Nobody's going to listen to you, especially about this shit. And I didn't know if that was true, but I said, fuck it. I'm just going to do it see what happens. Let the chips fall where they may. And when things picked up pretty quickly on TikTok, I knew, well, this might be my opportunity to do a podcast, and that's what I'm done. Now, I'm not going great guns here, doing Joe Rogan kind of work. (laughs) Fuck Joe Rogan, I'm tired of his shit. He just talks shit, and uh, none of it is usually true, but that's for another day. But to be able to sit down and just talk what I'm thinking and try to give people some insight, a little different insight than what you get from the media, I'm very appreciative of that opportunity, and I appreciate all of you for taking the time to listen to me. There are a lot of people that will try to get money from you, try to sell you shit. Well, I tell you what, the most valuable thing I can get from you is attention, and I appreciate the attention. All right, we're going to wrap things up for the Rational Boomer podcast. You have yourself a great day, and we will talk to you tomorrow. Thanks for listening to the Rational Boomer podcast.